Okay, hello. With me today is Dan Mascola, founder and CEO of Musica. The company combines adaptive learning technologies, design, and audio engineering to create a modern and new approach to learning guitar. They strive to provide a personalized learning path for students while giving teachers superpower assessment capabilities. Their mission, they say, is simple, to empower teachers to create a classroom where more students can participate in the joy of making music. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Kevin. Where are you uh, clicking in from? I am in Salem, Massachusetts, just north of Boston. Ah, I know it well. I uh, lived there for, for three years. Oh, uh, so. great. So and, you know the Halloweens that we yeah, have. That's right. And then it seems like you guys survived this one even during the pandemic. Yeah, they, they closed a lot down, but uh, we still had people coming from all over. Uh, but we, we made it through. And they had masks on. Halloween. Yes. And it's, yes, perfect opportunity for it, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, again, thanks, thanks for coming on. Uh, as I mentioned before we started to record, uh, I was really interested in getting your perspective. Um, I've done a number of these podcasts now, and it's all been kind of focused on, uh, you know, the nitty, literacy, reading, math. Um, we haven't had the opportunity to kind of look at some of the situations that the pandemic has given to activities such as music and the arts and, and sports and looking at the technology your music adaptive learning technology I thought that you really have some insights that you could share with us on how you have used your technology uh, to help schools during this situation Pretty maybe right. maybe we could start off and just tell us a little bit about the company when you founded it and uh, some more details on what music adaptive learning technology means yeah so I started Musico, uh, I've had the idea for about five years, but really kind of dove into the, the company and the product about three years ago. Uh, and we were actually initially focused on kind of a B2C, you know, direct to consumer market, um, which was, you know, that model is very tough. Uh, it's, it's tough, it's expensive and hard to acquire customers. Um, and we started to pivot about a year and a half ago to B2B, selling to public and, and private uh, university uh, schools. And so we were actually in a number of schools before COVID hit in the New England area, just kind of doing some pilots. And then when COVID happened, we got really, really busy because of course everyone needed online learning tools. And so, uh, you know, over the last couple of months, it's been, um, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of growth and it's been really, really good um, because of the, the needs that the teachers have. So our product, you can kind of think of it like um, Duolingo or Rosetta Stone, you know, for learning a language, except for learning an instrument. We take a very step-by-step -step kind of methodical approach. Uh, and I think there's kind of three things that make us unique is, is the first is uh, it's fun. We have modern music, uh, culturally relevant music, which I think uh, is really important in this kind of era of diversity inclusion, you know, in our society and in schools. And that's something we can talk about. Uh, the second is we focus on practice. So uh, kind of compared to video-based content that's out there, you know, of course there's a lot for learning guitar, learning an instrument, we really focus on, on, on diving in and just playing and practicing. And we guide students through that process. Um, and then thirdly, data. So we really lean into data. All, I hear from all of our customers and teachers, all my district wants is data, data, data. And so because of our kind of software first approach, we're able to get a lot of cool metrics, a lot of great engagement stats uh, for teachers to make assessment easier and for districts to see kind of how students are progress, progressing through, um, through the year, which, you know, now is kind of essential because you know, they're not in the classroom, but even after, you know, the pandemic ends, um, I think it's going to be a great tool for districts. Yeah, so obviously you began your work uh, before all this madness. Mm -hmm. uh, talk a little bit about how it's accelerated, I'm assuming, 
as a result of the situation? Yeah, so obviously the big need for online learning tools. And um, we, when we kind of uh, last spring uh, found the niche that teachers have a bit, really big pain point, we focused 100% of our business on, on K-12 um, guitar classes. And I think it's kind of a double-edged sword and a lot of other ed tech companies are probably going through the same thing where the pain is high, right? People need online tools as much as possible, the teachers as well as the students, but then there's just tech fatigue and tool fatigue. Uh, and everyone, you know, I hear from the teachers and it's bad for the teachers. Uh, I can't imagine what it's like for the students where it's five to 10 X where they're getting that tool fatigue on every class. Um, and I've seen kind of it come in waves where uh, July and August, it was chaos. Uh, and it's kind of, and then it was slow September and October, but now the coronavirus is getting worse. And so a lot of my customers were virtual and then hybrid and then in person, and now they're going back to virtual. And so this kind of up and down nature um, is tough for them. And one of the things that Musico is able to provide is that at least a consistent experience through these kind of environments. Um, so we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from teachers and students around that. One of the, um, one of the surprises, I think, for a lot of districts um, in the spring was once they cobbled together an online experience, you know, using Zoom or Teams or whatever, mm -hmm. um, there were some unintended positives that came out of it in terms of communication and the dynamics between students and teachers, parents and administrators. Uh, a few district uh, tech directors I talked to said that they've never had better school board meetings than the ones that they had online. And I think it was because of the online experience, it kind of eliminated a lot of the power dynamics that occur there. Any, mm -hmm. any sort of similar experiences that you found from uh, a, a classroom music instruction angle? Yeah, so I think the biggest insight that I've had, and this is true for all, gonna be all ed tech, is, uh, I call it kind of technology that can make a teacher a super teacher. And the reason that this is the case is because when you're in a classroom, you're limited by space, 30 kids, right? But now when you're online, you can, there's kind of a couple different modes that we see our customers using. The first is obviously a Zoom real-time classroom. Uh, the second is, um, uh, obviously there's the in-person classroom. And then the third is going to be students who are not in the class, but still wanting to learn guitar. So a couple of our customers know that in the school, kids have guitars. They're not enrolled and enlisted in the class, but the school still wants to provide uh, this resource for students to learn an instrument. And so what's great is the teacher can have what I call office hours, right? Where it's an hour or two a week and those students can come and ask questions. So the teacher is still providing one-on-one -on -one support. And so I think this big shift is you're all of a sudden going from a teacher teaching 30 kids in a class to the capability of a teacher teaching 150 students. Obviously not all at once, but leveraging technology. And I think this is the real powerful change that kind of ed tech can have because one, you get more impact. Uh, schools, it's more cost effective for districts and we can pay teachers more because they're having more responsibility. And that's the win-win-win that I see kind of with this, this, with this big shift that's happening. Yeah, and there's another piece to that puzzle, which is the idea of uh, digital equity. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've had a couple of conversations with folks in the special education space, mm -hmm. as well as the mental health space. Mm -hmm. uh, and we got into conversations about schools and districts that did not have the resources to provide counselors and, and, and the need for psychologists 
um, now uh, for their students. You know, there just weren't enough and they didn't have enough money to pay them. But mm -hmm. now because they can provide services over the internet using these tools, instead of maybe eight kids a day they could see in person, they can now expand that. And then that's Double it or, yeah. the solution. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's kind of along the lines of what you're, what you're talking about. So yeah. you can provide more uh, information. Talk a little bit about, uh, you, you mentioned earlier about practice being an important part. One thing I keep learning about is the difference between remote learning, distance learning in a synchronous way versus online learning which is something that's more of, an, uh, of a, an asynchronous experience where you have, you're following along, maybe there's some formative assessment, maybe there's, there's a curriculum in your case, I guess, uh, music uh, mm -hmm. to follow and learn. Talk a little bit about how you mix those two different um, dynamics. Yeah, uh, one of the things that we, we uh, are really sensitive to is teachers are good at one thing, software is good at another thing. And when you try to combine the two, it, it never ends well. Either the software stinks or the teacher feels threatened um, and, and that's not kind of the environment you want to create. So uh, we, you know, things that software is good at is uh, aggregating materials, communication, gathering data, um, providing a personalized experience. Things teachers are good at is, you know, reading the room, um, being a motivator, being a coach, having a pep talk. Uh, you know, you can't get that from software. And so we kind of distinguish those two and I've always believed in the, the synchronous learning is always going to need to be happening. And so we want to maintain that. An example for music is teaching a theory or teaching staff notation, teaching the history of music. We don't handle any of that stuff in our, uh, in our platform. What we do handle is the personalized approach. So students can pick their favorite song uh, and build skills from there. And then second, the kind of step-by-step -step learning. And one of the teachers I actually spoke with last week, one of our customers said, my Musico class is more focused than any of my other band students. The reason is because they are digital natives, right? And they, they, they're familiar with technology. And so they go through in our step-by-step -step approach, they just follow along, right? They don't need other instructions. They, they can go at their own pace. <laughs> one said, one teacher said, uh, my, my student listens to the software more than they listen to me. You know, <laughs> it, it'll say, because we instruct the students, practice 30 times, take a minute break, practice 30 times. And if the teacher interrupts that, the students will go, well, I'm not finished practicing yet. I need to finish, finish the slide. And that's great. I mean, the teacher loves it, right? Of course, because now the, the students are sticking with it, that they're learning focus, which um, is, I think, a benefit of music in general is the ability to learn focus. But if we can help that with technology, I think we're getting a big win. Now, are there still um, group experiences when you're using your product? Talk a little bit about the day-to-day -day of, of, of a district that might have uh, picked picked up your product during the pandemic and how they're using it? Yeah, so a teacher typically goes through their, you know, Zoom class or in person, you know, about 30% of our customers are in person, 30% hybrid, 30% fully virtual. Um, but they're teaching their, the foundation of their curriculum for about half the class. Then the other half of the class is, okay, now let's go take what we've learned and apply it to music. And that's where Musico comes in. The students can uh, kind of take the skills that they're learning in the music class and learn real songs which is what every student wants to do is play music that they love. And, and that's kind of the, the, the modern kind of layer that we provide. We'll talk a, uh, a little bit. Is there any sort of extracurricular activity um, that the folks are using Musica for, like in terms of band practice that hasn't been able to, uh, to occur, or are you focused specifically on, on guitar? So at the moment, we're just focused on guitar. That's the only instrument we support today. Um, we are going to be adding ukulele probably early next year. Uh, it's just been a you know big request from our teachers. 
And then actually the, the movement that I'm most excited about is the modern band movement. So this is kind of contrast to traditional band um, of, you know, the orchestral instruments versus modern band, guitar, bass, keyboard, vocals, um, drums, and, uh, and, and digital uh, audio, you know, kinds of synthesizers. Um, there's a great um, company out there called Little Kids Rock, uh, which kind of founded this modern band movement. And they go in and they kind of help set up a curriculum for schools. And um, I think me, what I'm most person, you know, interested in, and really believe that the best way to provide more access uh, of, of music to students is through this modern band. Hmm. So I think that's the vision. And that's, you know, where I'd like to go with it, um, is to teach, you know, piano and, and keyboard and vocals, and bass and drums, as opposed to clarinet, and trumpet and saxophone. Not that that's, you know, not needed. Of course it is. But I, sure. I think there are a lot of students that um, want to play pop songs on the, on the guitar. Now, how about with, with your platform? Uh, talk a little bit about your horizon. Uh, I frame a lot of these conversations about, you know, before the pandemic, during the pandemic, which is right now, unfortunately, uh, but then hopefully looking forward to after the pandemic. Um, give us some, some short-term and some long-term horizons on where you'd like to see Musica uh, continue to influence um, music education. Yeah, so we kind of started as just like a tool, a fun tool that can help students learn more effectively and faster uh, and collect some data around them. And where we're kind of been pivoting to is uh, actually more focused on the teacher. Uh, there's just a lot of uh, opportunity to help the teacher save time uh, for some, a lot of tedious tasks they're doing, uh, get more data and make assessment easier. And then uh, obviously use that data, bring it up to the district level to help uh, coordinators and, and you know chairs of these instrumental programs understand um, you know the impact that they're having and kind of do the ROI right with what, what they're thinking about. So I think where we're starting to go is, is really focus on the teacher to make their lives easier. And again, we hope that can unlock this kind of super teacher that I mentioned, uh, but as well as move up to the district level. So we've closed a couple district deals. Um, you know, and those conversations are kind of all about uh, how can we provide more access to more students uh, in a cost-effective way? Uh, and if we can provide, you know, lean into our data and provide some kind of those 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 uh, those features, um, I think that's the direction we're headed. Go a little deeper into the idea of, of data and assessment. Uh, a lot of the conversations I've been having is like that. That's just another place where you know traditional assessment techniques are being burned to the ground. Uh, mm -hmm. There were there were no state assessments, right? I mean, you look at the disaster of SATs and ACTs and like the bubble test and teaching to the test. Um, I'm hearing a lot more from ed tech assessment companies about changing the way in which they assess, more focus on a formative assessment. Mm -hmm. I figure music uh, instruction might have some interesting aspects to that, including the idea uh, I keep hearing more and more of micro-credentialing and badging, like you, you've gotten to a certain level and then this is where you're certified at this level, as yeah. well as the idea of uh, digital portfolios. I assume a performance being recorded would be like a, a really obvious piece of assessment that probably was happening at Juilliard before the pandemic, right? Yeah, so we're actually uh, releasing next week the ability to record for students. Uh, and what's really great about this, and I call it uh, the ability to capture micro wins and micro um, mistakes, if you will, mm. maybe micro failures even. Because if you can provide those insights to the teachers, now you're, you're leveraging what the teacher has, capturing really important pieces of information at the right time, and then 
and then shepherding that information between you know the teacher and the student so so they can help learn more effectively and what's cool is like once we can start capture this like a student will and a, and a teacher will have the ability to see progress what what on day one what did it look what do they look like and on day you know 180 what did they look like and everything in between so not only the video piece but also you know the, the data piece of the specific skills um, that they're learning and one of the interesting things about music, there's kind of a dichotomy of a traditional approach and the new approach uh, in, in, uh, in music education. So the traditional approach is teach theory first, teach standard, standard notation, staff notation, uh, then teach how to play chords and how to play the fun stuff second. The new approach is let's play the fun stuff first, get the students engaged, then teach theory second. Which is correct, I don't know, but we have the ability to start measuring this. Uh, and that's the conversations I'm starting to have with districts to figure out from a curriculum standpoint, which sequence is the right one uh, and have the most impact on engagement as well as performance. Right. And I, I assume that that's where the value of your product comes in, right? I mean, because you can, I know my, my son is a guitar player and he'll go onto YouTube and there'll be some dude out, out in Oregon and he's going to teach you how to play, you know, your favorite Dr. Dog song or whatever your, you know, your, your favorite group is. Yeah. Um, but it, what it comes down to it is like you need the, the structures of the curriculum in the, in the school and, and again, as the data. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, every state has their state, state standard, right, that needs to be met. Um, and, you know, the, there's the goal of the district to, to teach uh, to a certain level that needs to be met. But ultimately, uh, you know, I, what I think public education system is all about, especially in music and, and in the hearts and the minds of the teachers, is to give these students a gift of music. And this is what's in my heart and my mind. Uh, and to, to do that, at a, you know, I learned guitar at a, when I was a teenager. Now this is a gift I have for me my entire life. And that is tremendously valuable. Um, something that I, you can't necessarily say for the other subjects, other, other core subjects. And so what I hope we can do is, of course, this, you know, the this, this schools need to meet their, um, their performance metrics. Um, but ultimately, they, we, we want to give them a gift that they can have for their entire life. And I hope that they continue learning and playing guitars uh, or any instrument for that matter um, as they grow older. Now you had mentioned a little earlier about a teacher talking about how a student paying more attention to the software than his or herself. Mm -hmm. um, I've been covering ed tech for a long time. There's always been a resistance on the part of a good number of teachers of uh, being worried about being replaced by the technology, right? Because they hear that. Totally. They, hear that. Perception. Uh, they might think it themselves. I'll assume like a chemistry teacher, there might be some music teachers who say, I've been teaching guitar for 35 years. I know how to do it. I don't need these sort of things, which might've been a resistance before. Um, everyone's been thrown into this remote learning where you have mm -hmm. to use this at, at some sort of uh, a level. Talk a little bit about teacher resistance uh, as well as now teacher acceptance. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm keenly aware of kind of the, 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 the perceived threat that that's has. Um, we, we haven't got it at all. Um, uh, you know, we designed specifically to ensure that uh, teachers are felt like they're empowered and not, um, you know, threatened by that. Uh, and I think the, the, the piece that ed tech, you know, some people are doing it and some are not, is it's not changing what we teach, right? The, the curriculum is going to be the curriculum. Uh, and that's what the teacher is going to go through, but how we teach. And that's what, you know, I think Musico is all about and a lot of other ed tech tools is to, to teach how we teach. And uh, it becomes more of a tool. 
And so we don't want to, if we start to get in what we're teaching, then we're directly replacing kind of that curriculum, which yep. is what the teacher is responsible for. But if we can help the teacher teach that curriculum in a different and better way or an easier way or a more engaging way, uh, the teachers are, are all for it. And that's the feedback that we see. That's great. Well, Dan, a lot of great insights here. Uh, I think we covered uh, a pretty broad spectrum of topics yeah. in a short period of time. Uh, it sounds like uh, people are really using your tools to their advantage. And I know during these dark times that uh, music especially uh, soothes the, sh the soul. Yep. It <laughs> has a, a pretty powerful social, emotional uh, learning aspect to it um, that are helping kids. So thank you for your work in, in, uh, with schools. And once again, thanks for your time. Awesome. So much. Thanks so much, Kevin. Great. And thanks for everybody for, uh, for listening. I hope you find another episode soon.